Welcome to We Live on a Planet. It's Monday, December 31st, 2018. This is uh, the last time I can say 2018 to you, isn't it? Yeah. I was listening to a little bit of Gordon Lightfoot in the back. You could hear that. The legend lives on from the Chippewa down to the big lake they call Gitchagumi. That song's going to be stuck in your head now. That ties in. There's a reason why we started with a little Gordon Lightfoot. Because of our random fact that we'll get today. Last time I can say 2018 to you, I say that because I, I do shows Monday, Wednesday, and Friday if you follow me. So the next time I come out and talk to you guys, it will be 2019. Hard to believe this is episode 307, but it is. It's currently rainy, dreary here in upstate New York. 29 degrees. Feels like 29. Highs are going to be about 42 Winds are out of the south-southeast, two miles per hour. Could be the first time it rains on Times Square for the ball dropping. Hasn't rained there in years. Have you ever been to the ball drop in New York City? I have not. I live, the city's really not that far. I've only been there one time in my life. It was in the 80s. But the city's probably, I don't know, six, six and a half hours south of where I am. I've never been there. My wife has a friend, her friend Sarah, who lives out in Georgia, her and her husband. But Sarah used to live in New York City. And um, she's been down there, she was telling us. I finally got to meet my wife's friend. She was in the New York area and came to visit us. So that was groovy. I got to see her. I figured I wanted to do something different today. Well, I've done it this way before, but I've noticed there's a little bit of playback issue going on with the anchor app and, and so instead of uh i'm no i don't there's nothing i can do to fix it but there i can work away around it and the way i can work around the playback issue is just not taking the interludes and not taking the breaks like i usually do and say to you hey hold on i'll be right back and we'll come back and we'll do our positive quote and doing it all in that format we'll just do it different today why not because uh it brings me to our quote that uh, I was going to share with you if I normally would take a break and come back and do it in that format, but I'm doing it just all in one shot today. See if we can do it. I don't know. I know I can. I feel I can do it. If you're not making mistakes, then you're not making decisions. Yeah, you have to have to. Uh... We don't we don't make mistakes. Oh, we have happy accidents. Well, that's true, Bob. OK, well, we'll have some happy accidents. That way we'll be making decisions. I make a lot of happy accidents here. We live on a planet. That's what makes this show fun, I think. It makes it fun for me. Instead of stressful, I've had it where it's in these 307 episodes, I've had it change so much for me where it's caused me joy, it's caused me anxiety. And then I, I took a step back and I'm like, I'm not going to let it cause me anxiety anymore. I am an anxious enough guy. I have enough anxieties going on and if you follow the show, you know you've heard me talk about all kinds of stuff. So I said, you know what? This is an outlet for me. This is something I enjoy doing. I love coming and talking to you guys. And uh, if we make a couple happy accidents along the way, then okay. I'm okay with that. That's how I'm going to learn to grow anyways. So we're not going to take a break, but we are going to share our random fact. When I was going over to Google this morning, I got... How many shipwrecks are on the ocean floor? Oh, hence the 
Gordon Lightfoot listening to the little shipwreck, that wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. That went down in uh, Lake Superior. But how many shipwrecks are on the ocean floor? The United Nations estimate there are over 3 million shipwrecks on the ocean floors. Wow, 3 million. 3 million. Lost, destroyed, or deliberately sunk. These wrecks are of interest to divers, though, and underwater archaeologists and treasure hunters alike. So down the rabbit hole I went, I decided, okay, well, that's in the oceans, that there's over 3 million. What about the Great Lakes? Because instantly I think of Edmund Fitzgerald. The sister ship to the Edmund Fitzgerald, I don't know the name of it off the I should have done that research before I came on. It comes into port here in Oswego quite often, and it's a very large ship. We're a port city here. But uh, so I, I went down the rabbit hole and I was like, okay, well, three million in the oceans estimated by the United Nations. How many in uh, the Great Lakes? And all five Great Lakes, we know there are over 6,000 shipwrecks. Wow. With an estimated 30,000 lives being lost. But uh, there's a historian, Mark Thompson is his name, historian and mariner. He estimates there's over 25,000. There's um, here in Lake Ontario, the Great Lakes Conservatory they've been doing where they're really trying to get um, tourism and interest in that. And we have a thing that came in through the St. Lawrence Seaway called zebra mussels, and it's an invasive species and wreaks havoc with pipes and other things. And it's a very small mollusk. One thing it's done, though, is it's made the water clarity a lot lot better so uh divers have said years and years ago when you would dive in certain parts of lake ontario you couldn't see you know your hand in front of your arm's length you know and now visibility's quite different quite different i've never scuba dived in great in the great lakes i've only, only scuba dived once and i'd like i i would love to do that my wife and i have talked about getting into that that's a expensive expensive hobby though expensive sport it's one of those it costs a lot of money to get started and once you do it's i don't think the maintenance is too i don't know are you a scuba diver out there let me know let me know too if you have a, a tradition that you do on new year's i'm curious about what your new year's eve tradition might be i have a new year's eve tradition that we started years ago in my family my uh, family would do surf and turf. They, my parents would go out sometimes on New Year's and they'd go out but come home and not stay out real late. And I remember, I don't know what year or anything, but they started staying home and doing uh, like surf and turf. And so my wife and I, years ago, I loved surf and turf and I loved the turf. My wife, not so much of the turf. She likes it, She, but she's definitely more of the surf. So... Years ago, our tradition was we would get king crab legs and just stay home. Even when I was drinking, we would stay home. I just would get a bunch of alcohol and get myself some crab legs, and we'd make a bunch of hors d'oeuvres, or, or like I call, call them, horse divorce. And um, that's what we're going to do again this year. 
like we always do. We're going to get some king crab legs and make a couple hors d'oeuvres and then just stay home and try to stay awake for the ball drop. It's not as easy as it used to be. I find now that I'm getting older, there's certain times in the evening I'm just kind of like dozing, dozing off. But, you know, when I get my king crab legs, when I talk to my fishmonger today, I want to have them, you know how usually when you order king crab legs or you get them from your fishmonger, they have they've them had them cut in half and you get the body section. I don't want that body section. I don't eat that part. I just want the legs and I'm like, well, I'm going to have to pay for that weight. And so that cheap part of me, that frugal part is like, well, maybe I can ask them if I can not have that body part. That's, that's my goal today to save a little bit of money. I've saved a lot of money from not drinking though, over $35,000. So hence I, I think I can afford crab legs today. The one time I order them is on New Year's. One time I get them because they're expensive. Unless you're Delaware way, when my my daughter was stationed in Delaware, we'd go visit her and uh, her boyfriend would bring us to this local, all you could eat, blue crab. And blue crab's delicious. It's it's just not the, still not the same as king crab. Oh, gotta love king crab leg. I know I love it. All right, so uh, we're doing this all in one shot. Let's head on over to the History Channel's website and get a wrinkle on our brain and see what we can learn around History Channel. It's a little different when I, I don't take a break. It really is because a lot of times I'll take that break. I'll come back uh, in between, maybe have a sip of coffee, try to catch my breath, try to not have too many long pauses and everything and deep breaths. But if you're not making mistakes, then you're not making decisions, right? Panama Canal turned over to Panama. Wow, this on this day in 1999, it wasn't until 1999 that the United States, in accordance with the, oh boy, here we go, I'm reading, Torgios, Tor, Torgios Carter Treaties, I did, I butchered that, they officially handed over control of the Panama Canal. Man, I cannot, sometimes I struggle. Why do I do that? Hopefully we can keep going through and I don't have to uh, start over. <laughs> I want to just kind of keep talking to you. All right. What else do we have on this day? Oh, 1879. Edison demonstrates the incandescent light bulb. It's the first time he does it in public. And he did that in uh, New Jersey. Is it pretty? How, how, do you guys ever go over to the History Channel's website after I intrigue your brain or do you get enough of your history fix once you're over here i'm curious about that 1972 plane carrying robert clemente crashes oh that's too bad a friend of mine clemente brings me to that name clemente when i was in rehab he uh worked for the place that i went to rehab at and he was uh one of the maintenance workers and it just so happened the house that I was staying at in the first house I stayed at was in San Clemente and the second house was in Dana Point. But the first house, after I got out of detox and got out of um, living in there, I went to a, to this house. And it just so happened that the maintenance department had their home base right where our house was because there was a big garage there and an outbuilding. And that's where they would 
meet in the morning time, get all their tools, get everything, get their job all set up for that day. And I was living in this house and there was, I don't know, uh, maybe 11 or 12 other guys, sometimes 14, but no more than 14 living in this house. And I think at the time, uh, it was a low number, maybe only like 12 of us. It doesn't matter. Those are just, those facts don't matter. But the point it is, I would be up early in the morning and uh, watch the sunrise, get out of the house, watch sunrise, go out and smoke my brains out, have a bunch of coffee. And they had this little, all I could think of is like, a, it was a cabana, like a out cabana with um, a, a grill on it and all stone top. And it looked like a Gilligan's Island hut that was nice, you know, and that's where I would sit. And I was on the hillside in San Clemente and I could look down at the Pacific Ocean and watch the sunrise and sit in this little cabana and smoke my brains out. And the maintenance guys would all get there. And the house still wouldn't even be woken up by the time those guys got there. And I would end up talking to them every morning. And one of the guys was Clemente. And he's still my friend to this day. And he helped me with my sobriety an awful lot just by talking to me and come to find out he was sober. And he was, at the time, I think he had oh, maybe five years or seven years or something like that. And I just was so fresh in sobriety that I couldn't even imagine anybody having two months or three months. And so he was such an inspiration, and he shared a couple books with me, and just a great guy, and I still call Clemente my friend, so it brought me to his name when we just read that little bit of, you know, I, I think to be, you got to be a good person, but don't waste your time trying to prove it to people who can't see past their own nose, and this guy was just a good person, period, and he, he was the real deal, and still is the real deal. I'm thankful for him. I'm thankful for you guys, too. I'm thankful you stopped over today and allowed me to have a little bit of your time. The phone lines are open. I'd love to hear from you. Get a hold of me. If you're listening through the Anchor app, you know how to get a hold of me. It's super easy. If you're listening through another app provider, such as Pocket Cast, my sponsor, you can get a hold of me, too, at my website, WLOAP.com. Easy way to contact me from there. It's all my um, social media. There's a little phone icon. You just tap that little button and leave me a voice message. Easy way to do it. I wanted to share one more little like positive quote that I got off from Sober Grid, an app that I go to. And they said, you don't owe anything to anybody in this life, but to yourself. Prove to yourself that you're doing the best you can in life and that you are worthy of being happy. Try to repeat that mantra this upcoming year. Just keep moving. Try to keep your head either down or up. You know what I mean? Down in the sense, keep your head down and moving forward, but keep your head up in the sense of don't let things bring you down. Just don't. Just keep keep moving forward. You can do it. Yeah, you can. You can. Don't give up on yourself. There's all too many times I've wanted to give up on myself. I've been in those dark places, and I'm so thankful 
that I've just moved forward. And if you're struggling out there and don't think that you're going to see a bright day, you will. Days will get better. Thanks for your time. This was awesome. I do. I don't know how all of a sudden I got preachy at the end. <laughs> oh, shit. Thank you. I will talk to you guys next year. How fun to say that. So until next year, have a safe one and uh, give me a buzz. Let me know about your traditions. I am real curious about them and see what you guys do on New Year's. All right. Take care. Peace.